Hello, we'll begin in Genesis chapter 32. And in this chapter, we're going to see Jacob returns to Canaan and also he prepares to meet Esau, his brother, and they, they encounter with the angel of the Lord. So we begin here in verse 1. It says, And Jacob went on his way, and the angels met him. The angels of God met him. See, it says that Jacob, he went on his way, but here he wasn't alone at this time. This was when he was now heading to the right place, heading to Canaan, into Bethel, where God called him out of Pandaneram to go to Bethel. And now when he enters here, he says that the angels of God met him. And we see that Jacob is now entering into the direct will of God. Because before, when he was out of the far country, he was completely out of the will of God. But God's permissible will was with him. And he was, uh, was able to, although he experienced God's preeminence, but here he was able to also know that he was now heading into God's direction as he enters into this land now in Canaan. And as believers, you know, we are not alone as we thought. You know, when we are walking in God's way and every believer has, it's not alone. You see, God's angels are sometimes assigned to us. If you, if you know, as in Psalm 91, verses 11, it says, For he will command his angels in regard to you to protect and defend and guard you in all your ways of obedience and service. And I'm reading on the Amplified Version that angels of God is there for us. It's a ministering angels to protect and guide each believer has angels and we have angels who are taking care of us and also if you if you read in hebrews 1 verses 40 14 in the amplified version again it says are not all the angels ministering spirits sent out by god to serve he says this is place is god's host this these are god's hosts when he sees these angels or you know it was God opened his spiritual eyes. He was able to, you know, perceive that he's not, he's not alone and that he's a, he has angels, God, God's host around him and with them. And these are mass of persons, especially regarding, regarding to an organized war, you know, organized, they are organized for war. You know, these are, this is in the spiritual realm. It's called the hosts of God, God's hosts, you know, and he called the place Mahanaim. And then he says that Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. Now Jacob now here, when he enters here, he sent messengers to Esau and he sent his messengers, he had message, messengers with him and he sent them to the land of Seir. And this is a, a country of Edom. You know, this is where Esau will later on, he has left Canaan and he's now dwelling in the land of Seir. 
And then in verse 4, it says, And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall ye speak unto my Lord Esau. Thy servant Jacob said thus, I have sojourned with Laban, and stayed there until now. And I have ox and asses, flocks and men servants and women servants. And I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find grace in thy sight. Jacob had, he had a lot of stuff. He offered to give some to his brother. Esau, in other words, he's trying to appease him, offering up a truce to appease his brother because they have been separated for a very long time. And this man is now, after 20 years, returning to the land of Canaanite and the land where his fathers dwell. So now he's entering into this place and now he's offering a truce to his brother to appease him. And he says, you know, and later Esau, if you see in Genesis chapter 33 verses 8, he says, what, what does all these things mean? What, what does all these droves mean? You know, he, he, don't, he doesn't understand what all these, all these gifts that his brother was compiling on him meant. So, you know, he even offered to help him carry it, you see, because there were too many. These were a lot large gifts. Again, Jacob's droves was mentioned in Genesis 30, verses 40, 43. It says, you know, Jacob increased. He increased in a lot of things. He increased in cattle, men, uh, maid servants, men servants, and cattle. And also in Genesis 33, verse 15, it says, Jacob, you know, he said, to tell Esau that I have a lot of things. I have plenty of things to give you. He's trying to buy off his brother to appease his anger. But now Esau is coming back to Jacob with 400 men. Well, what does that mean? Jacob is now is going to be in a lot of suspense here. And this suspense is going to take us down all the way to the chapter. He says, this is a lot of imagination that is happening here. Esau denied my brother, but rather he took 400 men to meet Jacob. And now here is a lot of imagination and interpretation left for Jacob to fill in now. And he's, he's just running in his mind now. You know, is Esau coming for war or peace? And then in verse 7, it says, Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him, and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands. Now Jacob now is in distress, and he divided the people that are with him, and then he got the flocks, camels, and then he set two people in bands, divided the people into two bands. Again, clearly he's not trusting God in this always planning, always, you know, finding a way to maneuver things around. And now, after he had planned now, you know, he's going to cry out to God here. And then he's just like putting the cart before the horse. But you see here, it says in verse 8, And he said, If Esau come to one company and smite, then the other company which is left shall escape. You know, if you say if Esau comes and smite one company, one drove of people, one group of people, because he divided it in two, and then the other company is gonna let, is gonna escape and get away. And then in verse nine, he says, 
And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, the God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saidest to me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I become two bands. See, before as a young man, this man did not know God. Clearly, he did not know God, you know, when he met God in a, in a Bethel, before he was going to Pananaram, you know, he called that place a dreadful place. He didn't, th he didn't think God was following him. And when he, Jacob, Jacob left home, he didn't think that God was with him. But now he realized that God is with him. See, this is uh, Jacob maturity now. And then in verse 9, again, he said he prays. This man prays, you know, and one of the things when we get in when we get in trouble, the first thing we ought to do is first of all pray and cry out to God. And he say here, Oh God of my father Abraham and the God of my father Isaac, and the Lord that said unto me, Return to thy kindred. He says, But God intended for him to return to Bethel. God identified himself with Jacob at Bethel and he wanted him to return to Bethel because in, in Genesis 28 verses 13 when he was leaving he says and behold the Lord stood above it and says I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of God of Isaac the land wherefore thou liest to you it shall be to you and your seed, you see, the, the, the land which is called Bethel that you are lying on is going to be, I will give it to you and I will give it to your seed. You see, God identified himself with Jacob at Bethel. So when God called him out of Pandanaram, he told him to go to Bethel and where you anointed the stone and God identified him there. Then in verse 9, excuse me, verse 10, it says, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showest unto thy servant. For with my staff I pass over this Jordan, and now I become two bands. You see, Jacob now is being humbled. You know, this is the lesson he had learned throughout his years outside the will of God, outside the far country outside he has learned it being a Laban, uncle Laban's house and before he left when he was young he left as a cocky person he, he was a very cocky man and now he came back after 20 years now and now he's humbled he says i'm not worthy of all your mercies i am not worthy of all your mercies and of all your truth this this is a cry of a humble man he says i'm not worthy he wasn't thinking that he is entitled to anything. He, he said that I'm not worthy of all your mercies and truth. And it tells about the person of God, that God is a merciful God. God is very merciful. God is truly merciful to people. God is merciful to his creation. God is, is a merciful God and that's his character, who God is. And also, but here he mentions that God is truthful. He says, I'm not worthy for all your mercies and truth. In Genesis 24, verses 27, it says, 
and he said, Blessed be the Lord God, speaking of Eliezer, Eliezer, the servant of Abraham, when he was going to call, uh, ask for the hand of Rebekah. He says, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who had not left destitute my master of his mercy and of his truth. You see, God is mercy and he is truthful. You see, God is truthful. God does not break um, his word. He does not break, you know, God, is, God stands by his word. But also, he's also merciful. And that's the also... You know, Jesus, when Jesus came, he said that his uh, grace is full of grace. You know, mercy is full of mercy and is also truth. It's full of grace and truth. And that's the personality and that's the character of God. The character of God is merciful and truthful. And then the person, of all, uh, the person also of God is God is the God of abundance. You know, God is abundant here. You can see that Jacob is filled with stuff. You know, before when he passed Jordan as a young man, he passed it with just a staff. Like he said, with thy staff, I just passed this place. But now I'm returning and I am filled with two bands. I have, I'm carrying a lot of stuff. God blessed them. It, it is, to clarify, also... And to support it is in Job 8, verses 7. It says that though thy beginning was small, yet thy bitter end should greatly increase. Because God starts, most of us, it starts with us in a small stage. And then God increases us. And when we grow in God, we grow in grace of God. God begins to multiply us. And that's who God is. And that's his word. And he kept it for this man. And he says here, again, continuing in prayer, he says, Deliver me, I pray thee, from the land, from the hand of my brother, and from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. And thou saidest, I should surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea which cannot be numbered for multitude see this man is crying out for god to deliver him from the hand of esau and now he's thinking in his mind bloody uh and violence he's thinking that esau is not coming with peace here that this man is going to hurt him and his family this is one of the things that God does most of the time. God is delivering. God is a delivering God. And, you know, we have to cry out to him when we have no peace. Like the psalmist said in, in Psalm 59, verse 1 to 2, it says, Deliver me from my enemies. Oh, my God, defend me from them that rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloody man. See, this man is now thinking about blood he's thinking that he, his brother is going to not forgive him for what he has done because this jacob here obviously is guilt ridden so he knows that he's, he did wrong to his brother and his brother is mad and, and seeking vengeance keep in mind also that this man jacob had nowhere to run now there's no other place he can run to at the back if he runs back to Pandanaram, he's going to meet his, his uncle, Laban.
because Laban, he and Laban, in, as I mentioned before in chapter 31, there was a heap that was built between them that Jacob cannot come back to Pananaram anymore. He cannot go back to Pananaram ever again. They made a covenant with him and Uncle Laban that he's not going to come back again. Otherwise, it's not going to be peaceful for them. So he cannot go back and he cannot go front because at front was Esau. His brother was Esau. You know, Esau was in his front and Uncle Laban was on his back. So which one is he going to face now? You know, this was the trying time for Jacob. Jacob, you know, he, he used to be a runner. This man used to be the one that he would desert a place and just run and get out of place. And he was he used to be a runner. He would corner, you know, he, he would connive and run. Same thing he did with Esau. He connived him and just run away. And now he did the same thing with his uncle. He cheated him, you know, and ran. And sometimes God will sometimes put us in this kind of situation and in, in this kind of circumstances in, and in a tight place where all we can do is face our fears. We can only depend on him. And now this man is going to stand and face his fears. You see, he's going to face his fears now. This man is now in a place that the only thing he's going to do now is either depend on God or else not. And now he reminded God of his promise in which God which God made. God made a promise. And the only thing he can do now is stand on his promise. As he said in Genesis 28 verses 13 all the way to 15. He says, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God, the, the Lord God of Abraham thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land which thou liest, I will give it to thee and to thy seed. Because now this is what Jacob was petitioning about. This is the way he was standing and crying to God. And then he says in verse 14, and Genesis 28 verse 14, it says, And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. In thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now in verse 15 he says, And behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all the places whither thou goest, and I will bring thee again into this land, and I will not leave thee until I have done which I have spoken of. You see, now God watch, watches his word. God watches his word and performs it. And Jacob kept the word of God, and he reminded God his, in his word. In verse, he says in verse, he said, Thou saidest, in verse 12, he said, Thou saidest, Surely I will do thee good and make thee the seed and the make, make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which thou cannot be numbered for multitude. You see, this is what the promise this man is standing on. Now, going back in uh, verse 13, he says, And he lodged there that same night and took of that which came to his hand a presence for. Esau, his brother. Now, he lodged there and the same night, he said that he came there in the same night and now this man is still struggling. Keep in mind, he's still struggling and before he had divided the bands and he has now brought gifts 
you know this wasn't unnecessarily but here Jacob is trying to use a slick method now and this is the sin nature of a man always trying to use conniving method and this man is you know for him it began at birth and he's the one that grabbed the heel of his brother now he's struggling and he needs to just stand if he would have just stand in the word of God and Jacob now you know like us struggles you know we struggle when we come to this kind of situation you know with walking with God and walking out of God you know walking and then he would take the matters in his own hands you see this is what he's trying to do now he's he just prayed to God and now he's trying to use gifts you know the Lord says cast all your cares you know for God cares for us now in verse 14 he says and then here he says 200 she goats 20 he goats 200 eels and 20 rams 30 milk camels with their coats 40 kind and 10 bulls 20 she asses 10 fowls and he delivered them into the hand of his servants every drove by themselves and said unto his servants pass over before me and put a space between the drove and drove now he's saying every drove put, put a space you know this place this drove is full of gifts and each is to be spaced out and in verse 17 he says and he commanded the foremost saying when Esau my brother meeted thee and asked thee saying who art thou and whither thou goest and who are these for and he says when Esau meets you and he will ask you know who is this belong to and where are you going and then he says in verse 18 he says then shall thou say there be thy servant Jacob's it is a present sent unto my Lord Esau and behold also he is behind us he says he says say that it belongs to Jacob and these are the loads of loads of gifts and because he's saying in a way by the time Jacob is assuming that his heart, his brother's heart will melt and it will become softer because he's gonna he's gonna be appeased with all the all the gift that this man is gonna give to him. And this is also a deceptive method. You know, Jacob hasn't gotten used to you know trusting God fully. So are we Christians. Sometimes we don't trust God fully. And uh, sometimes we struggle with fully trusting God. And this is what this man is doing. He's just trying to put all these things before him. And he's trying to make all these things to appease his brother. And moving on in verse 19, he says, And so commanded he the second and the third, and all they followed the droves, saying, On this matter shall ye speak unto Esau when ye find him. And say ye moreover, behold, thy servant Jacob is behind thee, is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me, and afterward I will see his face. Peradventure he will accept me. You see, Jacob says, I will appease him with the present. Now, this is a cunning method of, ja of Jacob. Nothing new here. He says, I will appease him, I will appease my brother. Now, Proverbs 20, 21 verse 14 says, A gift in secret pacifies anger, 
if trying to appease somebody with gift, your pacified anger, and a reward is in the bosom of the strong wrath. And a reward, so nothing sometimes giving gifts is not going to appease, but you actually will inflame the situation here. This is what this man is trying to trying to win over his brother. And it's, instead of him to trust in God and let God deal with it. And then in verse 21, he says, So went the present over before him and himself lodged that night in the company. See, he sent out these presents and then lodges at the night time. It says in verse 22, it says, And he rose up that night and he took two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the fort Jabok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. See, he rose up that night and he obviously he didn't sleep well and because he's in great distress and then he took his wives his 11 sons he took uh, two women servants and then he passed over the fort jabok and then here he says that he went over and sent over all the things that he had and here jacob thought that esau was trying to kill him and so he wants to be alone when it happens and he's not trusting god again and then he says, before, he sent bands of bands. He sent now gifts. Now he sent droves after droves. And now he took, his, he took his two wives and his 11 sons and his servants. And he, you know, went across this brook. And this man also prayed. He prayed to God. But again, he didn't need to do all these things, all these steps, just to avoid this man Esau. And which later discovered now, after he has done all these things, he's now standing alone in this water across the brook. He's now standing alone by himself. And he says that in verse 24, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Now, we're going to talk more about this, about this man. Because it says right here that, you know, this man came and he met him, they wrestled. There was a wrestling going on here. So you see, he wrestled with this man. And first of all, Jacob had a lot in his mind here, you know, and the question is, who wrestled? So we come back here in Genesis chapter 32 verse 24 it says that Jacob was left alone and there was a man with him and he says that there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day and again the question is you know did he wrestle with the angel or did the angel wrestle with him who wrestled with who because Jacob here, he has a lot of in his mind, and he says here may may have been rather than the man wrestle with Jacob. See, because he says, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking dawn. See, and this also the reference is also in Hosea 
chapter 12 verses 3 to 5 and I'm it says that he took his brother by the heel in the womb and by his strength he had power with God yea he had power over the angel and prevailed and he wept and made supplication unto him but he found him in Bethel and there speak with us even the Lord of hosts even the Lord God of hosts the Lord is his memorial and it was night this was this was a night time and this man wrestled with the angel throughout until daybreak now who is this angel again we're going back to this angel the angel of the Lord and whenever they speak about the angel of the Lord you're gonna see one of these this is not just another angel or regular angel this was a, a different angel and it's called the angel of the Lord and this was none other than a pre-incarnated Christ Jesus and this is the angel of the Lord and we're going to see more further about this angel in a human form and also notice that this angel every time one person goes out of the, the land of Canaan there's always an encounter with this angel you see this angel of the Lord is also when uh, Haggai was leaving he was moving out leaving out of Canaan he met this angel on the way now Jacob is now coming back from Canaan he's again he met the same angel just like the angel is protecting the inhabitants or is protecting his inheritance in Canaan we're gonna look at it more in when when Balaam was trying to go against the Israelites he encountered again the angel of the Lord that stopped him and you know stand on his way so this 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 angel of the Lord is none other than in pre-incarnated Christ Christ is protecting the Israelites is boundaries of it why did he wrestle with this angel why has he Jacob had to wrestle with this angel well put it this way the Lord was trying to finally get his attention because this man has never really rested on God he has always been struggling in his lifetime he has been you know going through to and fro moving about wrestling with people and now the Lord is trying to get his attention to depend on him and you know God was trying to get this man to depend on him all these years now he wrestles with him he, he's gonna wrestle with him and you're gonna see the redemption of Jacob begins here afterward because Jacob also you know made reference to this encounter he says he says in Genesis verses 48 verses 16 he says the angel speaking of Christ who redeemed me from all evil blessed the lads and he let my name be named in Israel and be named upon them and the name of my fathers Isaac excuse me and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth now there's there's two things that a regular three things the regular angels cannot do and first of all the irregular angels cannot redeem anyone 
regular angels does not redeem anyone and also regular angels does not bless anyone because he says the, the angel that redeemed me and also it says the angel that blessed me blessed the lads and also another thing the angels does not do is the regular angels does not change names and this man's name this angel is gonna change Jacob's names you know but here Jacob had been a wrestler you know since the womb since he was in, in his womb since he was in Rebecca's womb his mother and he's been tussling with his brothers you know Esau and some Christians sometimes are like Jacob you know until divine encounter happens here and we are always fighting wrestling we are carnal weapons God is always going to you know we have to give everything and let God handle our business for us but this man here is fighting and then it says in verse uh, 25 and when he has saw that he prevailed not against him speaking of the angel he touched the hollow of his tie and the hollow of Jacob's tie was out of joint and he wrestled with him see the Lord now dislocated the hip joint of him it came out of joint and when God cannot get through with him you know God cannot get through him he touched that uh, tie and dislocated this man's joint when he could no longer prevail over him took away his uh, structure his bone structure here and now this man had to lean on God now and then he says and he said let me go for the day breaked and he said I will not let thee go except thou bless me you see and he said unto him what is thy name and he said Jacob and he said thy name shall be no more called Jacob but Israel for as a prince thou hast fought thou hast power with God and with man and has prevailed see he leaned on God now Jacob is now holding on to God and he says I will not let you go bless me and the angels now change you know changes his name again angels does not change names you see but God can. The Lord Jesus Christ changed names when he told Peter. He said, Peter, your name is no longer going to be, you know, Peter. But again, he changed, he says, Cephas. Also, you know, Paul's name was changed to Saul. No, excuse me. Saul's name was changed to Paul. And he says, you're no longer going to be Jacob because the word Jacob is trickster. He says, but Israel now... It's a spiritual Jacob now, you know, the flesh, spirits at war at all times, yeah, you see, and the flesh man is going to war against the spirit now, it says the only way for a Christian is actually to buy yielding, and it says likewise yield your members, and when we yield ourselves, you know, God comes and, and, and we will win. And now it says, in, in, because in the flesh, no, no flesh will be justified. This man is to be leaning on God now in the, in the spirit. You see, he has to depend on God fully now. He cannot use his carnal weapons now. It's because God has taken away his biggest weapon. And that means to run, to escape from things. Now he has to deal with it. You see, 
You have to rely on the spirit man. And he says, And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Where is it thou that thou asked for my after my name? And he blessed him there. He said, God says, Why do you ask my name? And Jacob called the name of the place Paniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is, pre is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his tie. See, he now he's now holding on to his tie now. This man is, is obviously hurt. And therefore the children of the Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the tie unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's tie in the sinew that shrank. See, Jacob now called the place Paniel because he has seen God face to face. Now, this is not an angel. He's seen God face to face. And he says his life is preserved. Now here he's feeling crippled here. And it just tells about the experiences of believers. Sometimes God will put you in a place where he has to, you know, cripple you. So you can constantly lean on him. That's what God is did, did to this man. He's now leaning on God. And not, nothing makes you more dependable than a broken hip joint and a, or a back pain or, or a broken back. So, so this man can stop running and his marathon days are over now. He's going to be leaning on God now to depend solely upon him. Okay, and then we're going to continue on in verse 33. And until next, next time, precious saints, God bless.